Dave from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. How you doing, Darren? I'm doing all right. You okay there, John? Your voice got a little squeaky there. I, I, like, went through puberty in the middle of that sentence. I, like, when two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday... Uh, yeah, I <laughs> know what happened. I think I was a little short of breath. I, I may have to take a minute. Um, I oh, realize we're only like a minute into this podcast, but I already need a break. Um, yeah, I get it, man. Uh, talking is a very rigorous activity. It, it leaves you winded. I mean, you know, you need to stretch first. Yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, uh, it, it's possible I may not be in the best shape of my life. Um, yeah. <laughs> talking is not for the weak. It's only for the mighty. No, no. It's, uh, you know, I... I got some issues. I got some things going on, but uh, yeah. yeah, you got to do more like uh, talking exercises, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, exercise my larynx. I don't know. I, the the glandular uh, uh, glutoids. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know, tongue tongue exercises. Sure. Push ups, yeah. curls, squat thrusts with your tongue, perhaps. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a lot to do with my tongue. Wow, I. Yeah, man, you got, you got, you got to be able to talk right and get your tongue buff. You know, <laughs> I don't want a really jack tongue though. That that seems bad. I want it to like fit in my mouth comfortably. Yeah, but you know, hey, it's. I mean, it's it's a, it's it's tongue season coming up soon. You want to impress the ladies with your, with a buff tongue, don't you? Well, I mean, I want my tongue to look its best, but I don't want like a six pack on my tongue. That just seems <laughs> weird. <laughs> All right, man. Seriously. Hey, dude, you're lost. Okay. I'm, I'm just right. saying, lady, ladies love a muscular buff uh, tongue. Sure. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, let's not go down this road any further. Uh, <laughs> we're here uh, to talk about uh, SNL Season 47, Episode 12 with Willem Dafoe hosting and Katy Perry musical guesting. This, by the way, is the episode from uh, January 29th, twenty. 20- 22. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Willem Dafoe, uh, you know, acclaimed actor. Yes. Bit of a bit of an oddball. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Willem. Yeah. The fact that his name is Willem. I still yeah. can't get over that. That weird you out? Yeah. Because like for the longest time, I thought it was William. Because like, uh-huh. that's like, that's the name I'm used to. But. No, it's Willem. And then you Willem. and then you saw his name in print and then you realized you were wrong. Yes. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> Got it. Uh, oh, okay. I see what we're doing here. Yeah. Okay, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Well, I am and I'm sure all of our listeners are looking forward to finding out which jokes you did not get this week since we've had two weeks running where you did not get a joke in the podcast and we may have uncovered this in the first few minutes of the show you did not get the host's name so wow uh, yeah actually actually wait hold on. he up oh, this is all oh, breaking news apparently his birth name is william william james defoe okay so he just changed it to willem I guess to to be more distinctive, I did see a thing. He was on uh, Conan O'Brien's show a while back where and Conan had this footage of of when Willem Dafoe was like a student actor. And he and back then he pronounced his last name as Daffo. Um, Daffo. Yeah. 
That sounds like some weird, uh, like, d- detergent from the Ukraine or something. Well, I think that's why he changed it. I mean, uh, like, Conan was like, have you, have we been pronouncing your name wrong all this time? And yeah, it's a cool clip. You should look it up on YouTube. It's a, it's a cute clip. Okay. Uh, you know, and you also get to see, like, young college-age Willem Dafoe with, like, longer hair and stuff. And Oh, uh, back when he was the, he was a young roustabout. Yes. Oh, just a hoodlum in these streets, just causing all types of, all types of riffraffs. Right. Doing crimes. Doing crimes. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, so he's hosting for the first time. Katy Perry uh, returning as the musical guest for the fifth time. Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't think she, did she, was she the musical guest when she hosted? She hosted the show once, I know. Let me look uh, it up. So. I looked I looked it up. No, she was just the guest and a musical, she was a guest host. Musical guest was uh, the artist Robin. Oh yeah. Okay. I remember that. It's always funky when they have a uh, a musician host, but then they're not the musical guest on their episode. That's always a little funky, right? Yeah, because like I remember last time when uh, Adele hosted, but she wasn't the musical guest, right? The artist yeah. her was, and that's like, well, I mean, you're already here. Just you know, just bust out a few tunes. What's the problem? <laughs> I mean, I wonder if that's up to them. Like, if they don't want to split their concentration, or if but. Who knows? There are probably so many factors that go into it. Yeah. You know, you probably got to like prepare and get the band ready and, you know, get the funky bass and all that jazz. And it's right. it's a whole uh, to do, I guess. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, I if I was a musician, I don't know if I'd want to be my own musical guest. You know, it might be fun just to just to do the acting, just to do the the sketches and the make ups and, the, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Do the jokey jokes and uh and the goofy lalas and and uh, what have you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, should we should we dive in to this episode? Let's make it happen, Captain. Make it happen. Okay. Well, we start out with the cold open. This was Russian disinformation cold open, with his uh, President Biden just getting briefed on the Ukraine situation, and uh, everybody's thinking that looks like Russia is going to invade the Ukraine, and uh, uh, we got to. Uh, Cold open kid James Austin Johnson getting briefed by Ego, Alex, and Keenan, and they're bringing him up to speed on pro-Russian propaganda promoting the invasion. Uh, yeah, this was an interesting one, just because I guess I haven't been keeping up too much with uh, current events, because just because the whole Ukraine thing, I didn't know was a thing until I saw this sketch. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, something's happening over in, in the in the Ukraine's. And, uh, yeah, they've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Um, okay. I, I think it's just one of those things that no, where nobody really knows much, but it's apparently Russian troops are gathering at the border. So, yeah, people are thinking something's going to go down very soon. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, and, yeah, so basically the premise throughout the sketch is um, the people briefing our President Biden about all the propaganda and all the mis- all mis- all the misinformation they're putting on Facebook. Russia's putting out on Facebook for the Ukraine, um, and you know, posting things like Neil Young will threatens to remove his music from Spotify unless Ukraine surrenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, then they go into other things like uh, how there's TikTok videos out there trying right. to spread information through that way. Memes that we had the the uh, most interesting man in the world guy who's like you know I don't always get invaded but when I do I make sure it's from Russia. 
Yeah. Um, so a lot of things like that. We we had a, a thing with uh, Kyle and Kate as Ukrainian teenagers who are promoting it. We had Pete Davidson pop up as Aaron Rodgers and Chris Red as his friend Jay from Russia, who's right. it's like a parody of the Jake from State Farm commercials. And and ultimately they brought in Chloe as Biden's new Secretary of Defense, Michaela, who's who, and it's spelled in the bad way. Um, just so you know. Um, and she's like this 20 something who's like, who says the way we get them is we break down our enemies psychologically. And she did it before with Rudy Giuliani. So. Right. And then I think Biden was saying, hey, why can't we do what we usually do and get some, do something that everybody can get behind, like a drone strike? Right. And the audience was like, ooh. And didn't, um, we, they also had another TikTok thing. And what, who was in the TikTok video where they were saying it like turned into a sexy nurse? Was that Sarah? I didn't, I couldn't quite recognize whoever it was. That was Sarah Sherman. All right. I thought it was, but it was so different from her usual look. I, I wasn't sure. No, uh, no. So Sarah Sherman, she was like, uh, she was kind of made up as like a Ukrainian woman. And then she turned into this like sexy nurse in a white outfit, you know, just, right. yeah. just to let y'all know, Sarah can, can get all sexy if needed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, earlier, we also had uh, Andrew Dismukes and Aristotle uh, as as the like, TikTokers doing a dance. Um, so, what what did you think of this cold open, Darren? Uh, I mean, like most cold opens, they touched on a lot of things that kind of go all, go all over the place with this. Yeah, I, I guess ov- overall, though, was all right. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Well, all right. Well, one thing I noticed that they do. And they've been doing this a little bit more and more is, you know, they're trying to do in, to appeal to the younger crowd, to the Gen Zers. So mm-hmm. uh, we've seen a lot more TikTok and a lot more memes in yeah. these sketch comedies. And I don't know. I don't think the memes translate that well to like live sketch comedy. You know what I mean? Like every time I meet, they do the meme thing. I'm like, uh, all right, I guess the TikToks like yeah. appe- the TikToks kind of translate a little bit better just because it's like a live performance. And I get they have to do what they have to do in order to, to stay young and relevant. But I don't know. Whenever the memes come on and it's like, you know, stuff that I've seen before that's like trending very well. and But they just change it to fit the sketch. I'm like, uh, I don't know if this meme hits like it, like a yeah. well-written joke yeah. would. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought this was a pretty mediocre cold open. I, I'm, I've gotten very tired of their cold open formula. And they do have a definite formula you know they want to hit on all the big news stories they i don't know i don't need the cold opens to be seven minutes i don't need them i don't need to see every single cast member just to be reassured that they're still on the show and i don't need them to mention every single news story of the week but they they tend to do this every damn week and i've honestly gotten kind of sick of it at this point they they on the the 10 p.m. rerun uh, this week, they showed an episode from 10 years back with uh, Channing Tatum hosting. And mm-hmm. the cold open of that, it was just like one news story of the week. And it was just like a five minute thing. And it seemed so refreshing. I was like, OK, yeah, so they can they can do this and not do what they've been doing for the like the last three years, at least. And I mean, they've I think they've successfully reinvigorated the monologues i'd really like to see them turn their attention to the cold opens and put and get more variety into the cold opens you know no i i, I totally agree like i thought this cold open was okay and it is it is it does seem 
that the cold open is usually like the weakest part of the show. Yeah. And, like, and, and that's, it shouldn't be that. I mean, it's, I, now the cold open is like a thing we have to get through to get to the good stuff. And the cold open should be like a nice jolt and it gets you excited and pumped for the show. And it, I don't think the cold opens are really that for me anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, I, I've always seen like the cold open as like the icebreaker, or mm-hmm. you know, like when a host uh, opens up a, a comedy show, like it's somebody to like get you jazzed for the rest of the show. Somebody to like you know sort of be like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? Somebody to just bring up the energy. That's right. what the cold open should be, but it's not. For the last few episodes, it hasn't really been that. It's just something that kind of touches on a little bit of everything. That yeah. happened in the past week, and it just touches on so many things and goes into so many different directions. Kind and of ends it dilutes up... it. I mean, and it's, yeah. And I also feel like they're just trying way too hard to serve all so many cast members. I'm just like, look, just give us like four or five cast members. We'll see the rest of them in the rest of the show. We don't have to have everybody, and always have to have a, like a mob scene saying live from New York. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they and, do that quite a bit, and it's like yeah, they're doing that more often than not too, and that and that's, I mean, and that's fine every once in a while, but yeah, give like give us, a, hell, give us like a one man cold open, you know, just give us like Biden addressing the nation or something, or that yeah. is that. I mean, it's weird that something like that is seen as um, just like out there and out of left field, like one <laughs> person doing a cold open. What are you mad? Yeah, I just I don't want to see formula set in too much in any one part of the show and uh, I really feel like that's how the cold opens are right now uh, so, yeah so yeah this cold open was like you said mediocre I thought it was like yeah. alright alright so next we had uh, the Willem Dafoe monologue uh, where he talks about how he's uh, often uh, cited to be like over the top and you know, again they showed a meme they showed a meme of him you know, making kind of a crazy face. And he's like, oh, I look like I'm about to push somebody off a building, but no, I was just reading a book. And uh, I don't know if they did Photoshop work on that on that picture, but whoever did it did a nice job. Yeah, I tried to find out what movie that was from, but I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I've seen that picture many a time before, but yeah, don't know. Uh, but yeah, so Willem Dafoe comes out. His voice is just so raspy too. I've noticed it's just like, mm-hmm. like he's been smoking menthol since he was two. Just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey everybody, what's up going on? Everybody? Like yeah. a like a like a blues singer. He's he's got some yeah. He's he's got some uh, character to his voice. Uh, and uh, he, he talked about how one man's over the top is another man's engaged performance. And he says, like, I'm not one of those subtle actors like Nicolas Cage or Al Pacino. Um, I, I like that. That was he had a nice sense of humor about himself. Right. And uh, yeah. And uh, so I thought that was going to be the the rest of the cult, uh, the monologue where it was just him talking about his his life and everything. But then they kind of did this thing where uh, Willem or William, he mentions that he's from Appleton, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So once he does that, then it cuts to the audience, and it's um, Mikey and Aidy as a couple from Madison, Wisconsin, and then and then becomes like an audience, them asking him questions and saying, "Oh, we're from Appleton Pool, yeah, 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 yeah." And they're like, "Oh, we've seen all the Spider-Man movies," and they're mistaken about some of his credits. They say they loved him in Full Metal Jacket and The Passion of Christ, uh, but they've also seen him in Speed Two: Cruise Control, and he's like, "Yes, that was me." That, yes. <laughs> He was in that. 
Yeah, I was actually in Platoon and Last Temptation of Christ, not those other two, but yeah, I was in Speed 2 Cruise Control. Um, and then hey. it demonstrates that he can still do his Wisconsin accent. Um, yeah, uh, even that sounded kind of, you know, creepy and scary. <laughs> um, this was cute. I don't think it was one of the stronger monologues of the season. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I wasn't quite ready for them to go back to the... Uh, Let's let's have audience. Let's have cast members planted in the audience. I, I wasn't quite ready for them to go back to that well again yet. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, I think the fact that like they decided to play on the fact that he's from Wisconsin, I was like, mm-hmm. well, is that an interesting enough fact in order to build a whole monologue around, or at least part of a monologue around? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, all yeah, the. I, I think the psycho thing was maybe a little more fertile ground where he would say, you know, like, he says that people always tell him he should play the Joker, and he's like, it's always nice to hear that you've got the vibe of a psychopath. Um, yeah, I thought that was more in- a more interesting route to go for uh, a monologue, but they were like, oh, no, they called it Bubblers in Wisconsin. Yeah. I was yeah. like, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, the Joker thing is funny because I remember, like, in the lead-up to the first uh, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batman movie, I remember reading an interview with the screenwriter of the movie, Sam Hamm, and he said that his choices for the Joker role were Ray Liotta or Willem Dafoe. And wow, and, was, yeah, and both of them are like, "Oh yeah, I could totally see that." Um, I he, he wanted somebody closer in age to Michael Keaton, um, uh, just to to emphasize the doppelganger thing. Um, I mean, those are very different actors. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Willem Dafoe, I get. Ray Liotta? Is it because he has that? Is it because he has that laugh? Um, maybe, maybe. I think it was. It was also just. Um, I remember the interviewer saying, "Like, oh, without his makeup, the Joker would look like, you know, a Bruce Wayne." And he was like, "Yeah, the Joker has to be a conceited guy, who, like, when he's when he's disfigured, he he redefine his vanity says like beauty is what I now am." So, mm. yeah. Interesting. So, I don't I know. Mean, just interesting tidbit that he was being touted as the Joker even as far back as like 1988. So, yeah, I I mean I could totally see that. Like he <laughs> he gives me strong Joker vibes. Yeah, and and he did a great job as the Green Goblin in the Spider Man movies. So, oh my God, yeah, it's all the Spider Man movies. Uh, Spider Man, Spider Man Tool, Spider Man mm-hmm. the New One. Yep, yep. He was good in all of those. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, you betcha. Um, so, so uh, you know, it's just a so-so show at this point. Um, yep. So far, we're up to off to a so-so start. Yep, yep. Um, but I mean, I like Willem Dafoe. He seems to have a lot of energy, and he seems game for anything, which is two great qualities to have in a host. Yeah, I um, will say that. Like, he was game for every anything this show. Yeah. Uh, whether the material was there for him. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so our first sketch was called Tenants Meeting. Uh, this is just a, a rapid fire sketch with a, a tenants association meeting in a, in a New York apartment building. I couldn't help but think that just like somebody in the cast or the writing staff had a tenants meeting in the, in the recent past. And they were just like, oh, I got to write this. <laughs> he just stood up at the tenants meeting and was like, Eureka! And he yeah. ran, up, ran upstairs. Yeah, so it's just like a rapid fire thing of like a lot of weird characters and people have weird grievances. Um, like I, I liked how at the very beginning, as soon as they announced there are no 
there are no uh, coffee and donuts. Punky Johnson is like, well, then what the hell am I even doing here? And just immediately storms out. Um, that was cute. Yeah, that was cool. And actually, uh, side note, this episode is probably the most we've ever seen Punky in. Punky showed up a lot throughout this whole show. Yeah, she didn't have like huge parts, but she was well represented. Um, uh, by the way, this uh, this sketch was uh, written by Mikey Day, Allison Gates, and Streeter Seidel. Mm-hmm. So, just yeah. so as you know. Um, and uh, yeah, and also the sketch pretty much has everybody in the cast in it at least once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's there. I mean, which characters did you particularly like? I don't want to run through every single one. Uh, okay. Well, um, I liked, uh, as always, I'm a big fan of Chris Red. I liked when, uh, for some reason, everybody in the building know him as Jamarcus. Yeah. And he just he wanted to. Store man. Yeah. 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 And if he said, like, I, for some reason, I don't know why uh, most of you people, mostly the white people, think my name is Jamarcus. My name is Robert. And <laughs> so please stop calling me that. I just wanted to nip that in the bud right away. <laughs> um, I liked, uh, I mean, I was like Sarah Sherman's character, the crazy, la- she's always kind of loud and screamy in every part she's in. I, I, always, yeah. I always like that big energy. She was upset um, because of the maintenance fee because they did some roof repairs and she's like, well, I don't live on the roof, so I'm not paying this. And they're like, well, we'll just bill you again. Um, right. Um, Aristotle's character, uh, Mr. Milos, the character who doesn't speak English, I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get to see too much of Aristotle in this uh, episode, so it was nice to see him pop up. Um, and uh, Willem's character was uh, somebody who uh, bought the top three floors in the building in 1971 for $11. Yeah, and he and he just has this question, what the hell happened to this city? And he's, he's just like kind of bemoaning the... That New York is no longer like the rough and tumble city it was in the seventies. He basically wants New York to be like it is in the Rolling Stones song "Shattered." <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. It would be. It would be. I would love to see that New York and maybe just spend an afternoon wandering around it. And, yeah. You know, getting mugged. Um, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, just bleeding out in an alley from a stab wound. <laughs> exactly. That's New York. New York. That's New York. That, yeah, the on the subways, Ramones playing at CBGB. Oh my God, it's fantastic! Getting rejected yeah. from Studio Fifty Four, fantastic. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the experience you want to have. I did like how Melissa popped up. She said, "Like, oh hi, I just moved to the city. I'm in my three hundred square foot studio apartment. When is my six thousand dollar rent due? <laughs> <laughs> For a set a month. And welcome to New York. <laughs> yeah." Yeah. Um, and I also liked, uh, I mean, I don't know if they had, if this was like an intentional thing, but the way they dressed up Willem Dafoe, he looked a lot like Lou Reed. I'm pretty sure that was like, you know. He had some Lou Reed vibes, yeah. You know, you put him all in black in a leather jacket, yeah, you're going to start getting the Lou Reed vibes. Uh, right. Dirty Boulevard, that's another great New York song. Oh, um, ooh. Yeah. Let's talk about all our favorite New York songs. Let's do this. Oh, oh. I mean, those are my two big ones, Dirty Boulevard and Shattered. Oh, um, uh, but uh, do you have any? Uh, what do you mean? Like, are we talking about the Stones? Are we talking about Lou Reed? Or no, no, I mean, your New York songs. You suggested it. Oh, damn it! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I did, didn't I? You didn't uh, have a favorite New York song at the ready. You were like, "Let's talk about this." Okay. No. <laughs> I was just kind of shooting from the hip. I didn't have anything without. I had nothing ready. Okay, great. All right, thanks. Thanks for taking us down that road. No <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I liked Kyle and uh, Andrew Dismukes um, as like the two kids. They were like, hey, we we dropped our baggie of baking soda in the elevator and they're sniffing very suspiciously. <laughs> um, I mean, this this was a cute sketch. I kind of like this. I like the visual gag of when they brought Kate McKinnon on and she's like too too short to reach the podium. So we just see like the top of Kate McKinnon's head. Um, yes, and- that was funny. And she read, like, basically a manifesto on cats. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Yeah, As uh, you do. Uh, I like the... Well, two things I, I noticed that, like, got huge applauses from the audience. Uh, mm-hmm. Pete Davidson's one line, he used a super, talking about the uh, talking about the rat problem, and then he just walks up to the mic, smoking a cigarette. So yeah. Like, yeah. It's bad. And just walks yeah. away. Yep. Yep. Huge applause. And uh, also, James Austin Johnson... Saying, when the hell are they going to? When will Verizon install the friggin' FiOS? It's been ten right. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Huge yeah. pop from the audience. Good characters in there. There was also Keenan. He was like, apparently he's like sexing up the ladies a little too loudly because they're like the female lovemaking screams are still happening every night. And he's like, oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, this was a cute sketch. I like this. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing that they did. Um, I believe it was the Owen Wilson episode where, you know, just yeah. a cavalcade of characters. Of yep. Oddball and uh, weirdos. And uh, yeah, it still works for me. Yeah, this. I mean, it's it moves along so quickly, it's tough to get sick of any one thing. And so if you don't like one character or one gag, another one will be long, uh, along soon enough. So Right. It's like uh, New York subways. Like the the next one will be along any minute. That's right. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Bing boom. Uh, all right. So next we had a pre-tape music video called "Now I'm Up." Uh, this was written by Dan Beulah, Chris Red, Streeter Seidel, and Keenan Thompson, and it's just basically about all sorts of things that wake you up from a sound sleep at night and. Uh, I got to say, as an insomniac, I related to this hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically it starts off with uh, Chris Red going to sleep. He has like, um, you know, like rain sounds for sleep playing on Spotify on his phone. He's, you know, apparently he's, he's a fan of Joe Rogan and uh, he's about to go to sleep. And of course, he gets waken up by the uh, the ads that blare out during right. Spotify because he didn't he's not paying full price for it. Right. And but there are other I was thinking it was just going to be that thing. But then they went into like a whole litany of reasons why you get up like, you know, you get up to pee. You get up because you you suddenly feel sick and you're checking wet up in D. You're having an anxiety attack. Your your partner uh, sticks you with like a really sharp toenail. Yeah. <laughs> you have a body spasm. Yeah. I haven't had one of those. Um, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, people have, I guess those? I have that to look forward to in my later years. Um, Yay. <laughs> Yay, body spasms. Uh like your cat is in your face. <laughs> right. Uh you remember something you did that was dumb in high school and then it shows Chris Red looking at his old yearbook and he's yeah. his picture under superlatives as the most religious. Yeah, yeah. Uh th- this was cute. I like this. This was uh it was it was funny and like I said I related to it because yeah a lot of nights I have trouble getting this late. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought this was cute enough. Uh, I mean, it it seems more relatable than funny though. Like I don't know. Like as far as the jokes go, it was it was more like, hey, you know how hard it is to go to sleep. That's that's funny, right? It was more like that than it was like actually 
kind of hilarious. I did get a kick out of the like at the one point where Chris Red is up and he's watching infomercials because that's the only thing on. He mm-hmm. turns on an infomercial for an air fryer. He sees we see Willem and mm-hmm. Heidi selling it, and yeah. you know Willem's really selling it, saying, "Hey, you want you want wings?" But boom, yeah, <laughs> he has was strong cool. infomercial energy in that. Yeah, he. Um, I mean. Defoe like committed to hard to everything they gave him to do in this, and yeah, yeah, no, uh, it's cool to see. Yeah, he was there. He was he came to play. He came to play. He came to play. He 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 left it all on the field last night. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next, we have a dog show. This was a badminster dog show with Willem and Eighty as the hosts, and they were celebrating dogs that prevent their owners from having company or intimacy. So just basically dogs that have problems of some kind that make it difficult to be their owners. Right. Um, I see. I know before you, uh, you know, before we get on these mics, you were mentioning how this sketch has um, Anna Dresen or Dresen as one of the writers. The writers were A.D. Bryant, Anna Dresen, uh, Mike Desenzo, and uh, Tesha Kondrat. Okay, so I I think, and we also mentioned that Anna is no longer on SNL, but right. like she's still listed as a writer on this sketch. And from what I've heard, this sketch was actually one of the sketches that was supposed to be in the Paul Rudd episode in December. I that, see. That did not uh, happen because you know uh, the world died. Right. So, For like the fourth time, I think it was. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I was going to say. I, it's just cruel to have a dog sketch without Cecily there. And Cecily can't be there because she's still doing her Broadway show and she's isolating because, you know, one woman show. Um, so right. I think she would have been on the December show, if I remember correctly. So uh, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe she was prepping for that. I don't know what the timing was. Um, you know, what? what is time? <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, does anybody really know what time it is? Now that's Chicago. That's not really a New York song, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's the first one I thought of. All right, I'm just trying to keep you honest, my friend. I will come up with my favorite New York song by the end of this episode. I promise. Okay. All right. We're all waiting with beta breath. Googling right now, furiously. <laughs> furiously. Okay. So I mean, we had they had cool categories in this. They had the Shaky Dog Awards where. Uh, there was there was a dog named Luna who and they had like a whole list of of her fears and things like balloons and the Netflix startup sound and and the sound of Spanish being spoken. <laughs> oh, boy. And I, I could I could relate to this as well. I've had like few jumpy dogs. I remember we had uh, one dog, uh, a little beagle named Amigo. He would he would just go nuts whenever. We had the vacuum cleaner going, and he would just run around and bark at the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be a thing with all dogs. They just hate vacuum yeah. cleaners, right? Helium balloons would also set him up. Uh, he would, like, bark at helium balloons floating up to the ceiling. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, occasionally uh, uh, people of other races, which was always a <laughs> wonderful embarrassment. Um <laughs> You know, my next door neighbor's outside mowing the lawn and he's just barking up a storm. And we're just like, oh, we're really, really sorry. Our dog is just apparently racist. Oh, dear. 
<laughs> and what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Got to go out and buy those Black Lives Matters t-shirts and wear them proudly just so people don't think you're... Uh... Yep. <laughs> Sorry about that, brother. Hey, uh, let me give you some money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see. There, there, there was there was a mean dog category with a dog named Pigeon, who's who's a, they said was a straight up sexual predator. Um, I I thought this part was amusing because it's like Andrew Dismukes is carrying this dog. I think it was like a beagle. Um, and then the dog is just being very affectionate with Andrew Dismukes. And I'm like, this is so not a mean dog. This is like the friendliest dog I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I think at one point because uh, Kate and Punky again are the judges in this show, yeah. in this uh, sketch, and so they ask Andrew like, "All right, so why did you, uh, why did you choose this monster to be in your life?" And then yeah. he goes on and you know says his lines. But as he's doing that, the dog is just like just straight up licking his face in the most loving way possible. I was like, that dog is adorable. Give me that dog now. Please. Giving Andrew Dismukes and some sort of uh, mildly uncontrollable animal, it seems to be coming, becoming one of SNL's go-tos because they, they would do that on the, the Dion Warwick show where they'd have him with like a parrot or something like that. And that just seems to be always good fun is just watching Andrew Dismukes be uncomfortable around animals. Parrots, dogs, octopuses. Telling yeah. him he's gonna die, you know, but, things like yes, that. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> all those things. Um, let's see. They and then they had uh, Chloe with a dog from the non-walking group, Blueberry, who just like sits in the corner. That was Chloe, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, and she was like, "Okay, okay." Oh, and then finally, she just like picks up the dog and carries him over to where he's supposed to be. And they're like, you know, the dog can walk; he just chooses not to. Yeah. The dog is medically unable to be in a car. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were very creative with all these reasons. And then uh, finally, we had from the medical group Gizmo, who was who wheeled in in a stroller. And then they explain in great detail how his weird little dog penis is too big for his frame and all the problems that causes him. Yeah, they, oh, they, goodness. <laughs> they really went into description. I was like, ah, we could have pulled a little of this back this is this felt like it was drawn from somebody's life <laughs> <laughs> yeah just somebody with a dog that just won't allow them to to have a a, a life outside of him yeah we've we've had a lot of dog owner problems in uh on the snl staff it seems like uh, so, indeed yeah yeah um, uh, this was amusing. I liked it. And, you know, hey, I'm I'm an easy mark. I always love seeing doggies. I, uh, yeah. Give us a sketch with doggies. I'm I'm already halfway there. I'm I'm pretty. Happy. <laughs> it's hard to hate a dog. A sketch dog to hate a sketch with dogs in it. Yes. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I thought this one was was cute too. Um, a lot of quick rapid fire dialogue in this. Um, like you said, like a uh, describing of the of the dogs and their background. Uh, like when the shaky dog came out, you know, they're saying things like to her, the 4th of July is a war and the only safe space is behind the toilet. There's just a a lot. There's just like a lot of quick and rapid, quick rapid fire dialogues in a sketch. Um, and a lot of like kind of weird, uh, non sequiturs. Like I think at one point, because, uh, in this sketch, uh, Willem and 80 are the announcers. And then 80 says, uh, to Willem. Now, now, because um, Willem Dafoe's character's name is Judas Chrysler, mm-hmm. and the names of these people are just bonkers. Yeah. 
Sorry, then uh, 80s character uh, Miriam Jean says, now, Judith, it says here that you and I are married. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he confirms that they are married. <laughs> it's like, and now we do this. Huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, our next dog. That's just a, that's a weird non sequitur to just throw in there. Yeah, I enjoyed the randomness of that. They, they had a lot of sketches that had a, a real practice randomness to them. Uh, tonight and you know sometimes it worked better than others this is one of the ones where i thought it worked pretty well yeah i'll, I'll, I'll give you that i thought the sketch was all right you know uh dog penis and all yep um so next uh next sketch we had nugenics uh this was this a this was a pre-tape right yeah it was, was. speaking of penis <laughs> <laughs> if you did not have enough penis content in the last sketch uh, this is the sketch for you um this is <laughs> This, <laughs> uh, we had, we had Mikey playing like a golfing game and then he's approached by, uh, Keenan as Frank Thomas, who's like a famous golfer, I think, uh, Kyle is Doug Flutie and Sir Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe playing himself. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, sir, I'm not even British. <laughs> it's like, why do I think you're British? I don't know, man. <laughs> um, and, uh. And, and they're just they they get to talking to Mikey and they're like you know hey so your te- is your energy dropping your te- you know as you get older your testosterone level drops and you know you can't get hard anymore <laughs> it happens right. to every man especially me yeah and it's yeah so and then it's basically um, like the characters of Frank Thomas Doug Flutie and Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. you know constantly repeating that Mikey can't get hard and that, to the right. point where Mikey's like well hey I never said. I couldn't like I can get hard, like, right? Right. And then it's I mean, like, like if you've seen the real Nugenics commercials, which they're they're pretty unavoidable if you watch certain channels or if you're watching TV late at night. I see them all the time on H and I when I'm watching Star Trek. Uh, I guess because they, they gear these towards an older audience. You know, if you're like you're over 40, 50, whatever, they're like, "Hey, is your energy level going down? You know, can mm. you can you not, just not?" And and they they always sort of dance around it, um, you know. They're doing, they're using all these euphemisms, but yeah, it's basically. And in this, they're cutting to the chase. They're like, "Hey, yeah. can you not get hard anymore?" <laughs> yeah, dingle no work. Yeah, um, I I liked how at one point Mikey just asked them, "How do you three even know each other?" And they're like, "Oh, from boner stuff." <laughs> <laughs> you know, boner activities and random yeah. boner meetings. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And, and he's like, well, so what is Nugenics? And they're like, they all go, oh, so now you're interested. Yeah. Oh, now you have, pr- now you don't, now you have problems getting hard. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. And then uh, towards the end, as the pills are kicking in, we hear like these mechanical sounds that sound like power drills. And they're like, oh, no, that's just my boner. <laughs> right. Because I think at this point, uh, Melissa comes in as right. Mikey's wife. And uh, that's another thing, too. A lot of Melissa in this episode, too. Mm-hmm. Which was uh, a pleasant surprise, and yep. uh, yeah. So then, as Melissa comes in, and like uh, Willem kind of hits on her, or you know, plays pays her a lovely compliment, and then, mm-hmm. then Melissa says, "Oh, you you look even more handsome in person." And then you hear like warring and gears turning, and you know, like a like a sounds like a transformer transforming. Right, right. And it's like, oh yeah, no, that's just my penis. Yeah, uh, I like this. This was nicely bizarre. Um, I again, I think it's funnier if you've seen the real commercials, which I had. Um, 
And I liked how I liked how there was a woman in the way in the background for absolutely no reason. Um, I like the randomness of that. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh, I don't think that counts as a joke you didn't get. I, uh, I, okay. That's, that's like a background element. I mean, okay. if you want to count that as a joke, yeah, all right. But uh, yeah, uh, don't oh. have credits for this. I would, if I had to guess, I would guess you know Mikey and Streeter had something to do with it. But that's just a guess on my part. Yeah, uh, I, I would say. credits on that one yet. Maybe the please don't destroy guys. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but tip of the hat to whoever uh, wrote this, though. Uh, this this might have been my favorite of the night, I think. Uh, yeah, this this one gave me a, a laugh and a chuckle just because it ended on such an oddball note. And it kind of played into what Willem is good at. Just just the weirdness and screaming and pain uh, over your crotch. Yeah. And insanity and, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, over-the-top intensity. Yes. Uh, Intain, yeah. in, intense crotch pains. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, this that, this was a winner. Um, next, we had our musical guest of the week, uh, Ms. Katy Perry. Uh, she, had, she, had quite, she had quite the set for her numbers. Indeed. It was like something out of A Bug's Life or The Smurfs. It's she's she's like surrounded by these prop mushrooms and these giant blades of grass. And then you see like a hose behind her. So I'm only I can only assume that it's like that we're watching like a miniature teeny Katy Perry. And there's some sort of honey. I shrunk the kids situation. going. Mm, this make this makes so, sense. This makes all the sense. I, I think Rick Moranis was hanging around backstage. She accidentally got zapped with his shrink ray. And mm. she was just like, okay, well, this is what it is. I'm just going to make the best of this. And yeah. <laughs> While Dr. Wayne Zelinsky tries to fix his machine. Got it. Nice. Nice pull on, on his character name. <laughs> I didn't even look that up. I just knew it. Nice. Oh, my All God. Right. I don't know if I'm proud of myself or embarrassed. Be, be proud. Be very proud. Shadow of the 80s right here. Thank you. <laughs> High five. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no. And also, like her her background dancers are dressed like mushrooms. They there's no other way to say it. They basically look like testicles. <laughs> yeah, uh, very penis heavy episode so far. Very penis heavy episode. A lot of male genitalia just being paraded around. I mean, not literally, but all sorts of figurative genitalia and lots of penis talk. Yeah, uh, and uh, I mean the background dancers, like you said, like they have. Uh, they, they're dressed like mushrooms, but like around their legs, there's like it kind of bulges out like a bulbous thing. And it looks like right. testicles. And they're, and, and they're like kind of Caucasian flesh colored. So you can't help but see it. <laughs> right. And at one point they have those like those paper Chinese fans. Yeah. And they open them up at one point and they, and they say, eat me on them. Yes. Um, it's uh, it. Her song, uh, her song, When I'm Gone, it, it's a very sexual song. It was basically, I listened to the lyrics more closely when I was rewatching it this morning. And it's, it's basically a song about how, like, no one is ever going to be as good of a lay as her. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's talking to one of her exes. Uh, so. I didn't, even, I didn't even know that. So this is basically like her, you ought to know. Uh, kind of, kind of. Check out the lyrics. I mean, uh, give give the lyrics to uh, "When I'm Gone" a Google, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Like, uh, I mean, I thought the song was all right, but it's, it sounded kind of like generic-y, you mm -hmm. know, Katy Perry pop to me. But I didn't know it was all about 
all that boning. Although I guess now that I think about the, the mushroom penises probably should have tipped me off to that. Yeah, that, that, that could have been a hint. Um, do you like Katy Perry overall? Eh, she's all right. I, I like her all right. I, I couldn't take a steady diet of her. Uh, she's she's fun. Uh, yeah. She she has done some decent pop tunes. She gets very she she gets very sexual time. She gets she likes she likes dressing up. She has like this real goofy side to her. Um, so that's that's kind of fun. She does like sort of fun, bouncy pop. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I find her un- unobjectionable. Um, yeah, goofy and hot. Yeah, exactly. And you know, yeah, she she's easy on the eyes as well. You know, I mean, we I mean, I think we all remember where we were. When that uh, Bronx Beat sketch came up, the Elmo T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Mm, who boy? Yeah. Ooh. It left a mark on a generation. Um, oh, oh, m- many marks. Uh, okay, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'll take that back. Yeah, um, her, her second number uh, was called "Never Really Over." This was like a a ballad. Uh, I was surprised that it was still the mushroom set. I was kind of expecting her to change it up more completely, but no, still the mushroom set. She had a guitarist sitting on a mushroom, a piano player at another mushroom, a smoke machine. Um, she uh, she was in like this this blue dress with like sort of a big thing that I don't know how to, to describe it. Like the 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 bottom of it sort of bowed out in a big way. I don't even know if she could move in that dress or if she was just choosing not to. Uh, yeah, I mean, she did, and she was pretty much uh, stationary throughout the whole performance. And uh, yeah. yeah, I thought it was an, I thought it was okay. It was like a nice little slow song, mm-hmm. nice little ballad. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, overall, at both of these performances, I was like, all right, that that's yeah. okay. I, I I think they were solid performances, both. Yeah, and uh, again, I I couldn't do a whole lot of Carrie, Katy Perry because I think a little of her goes a long way. But yeah, she was she was good. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Was so good. far, so far, okay. I mean, imagine what she could have done if she was been full sized. Exactly. If uh, you know, Don Wayne Shalinsky got that machine going, or um, yeah, I'm trying to think of another movie that has a shrinking ref, uh, Incredible Shrinking Woman. Yeah, or, I've never or, seen that. Nah, uh, me neither. Damn it. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I don't know. I don't have a New York song. I'm just. Oh, falling apart, man. It's falling apart, man. It's all falling apart. But, you know, I mean, all the best to Katy Perry, and we hope you get out of that backyard very soon. Absolutely. Um, Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, Next uh, weekend update with Colin Just and Michael Che. Che. Hey. Hey. So what what do we have to say about this? I I didn't I didn't write down too many jokes. I did I did like the joke about how uh, Biden was visiting a collapsed bridge in I think it was Pittsburgh, and uh, Chase said that Republicans want the collapsed bridge to lift itself up by its bootstraps. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good joke. I like that joke. That was a good joke. Um, I know Jost had some pretty good jokes about um about the Ukraine about the situations happening there. Telling mm-hmm. how the Ukraine was telling his people not to panic over it because panic is the sister of failure, and um, I think Joe said something like he thought Ivanka was the sister of failure, and then they showed the pictures. Of no, uh, actually, you're you're conflating two jokes. He, he ah. said uh, panic is the sister of failure, which is how Lorne got us to do a show during a blizzard, and the 
Oh no, you're you're no, you're right. You're right. I was I was forgetting the second part. Yeah. It was Ivanka's a sister failure, and then they put up a, a picture of the Trump sons. Yeah. Right, exactly. Don't you ever correct me on this podcast again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just wrote down the first part. I was thinking of the Melania joke where uh she apparently put some things up for auction and they didn't even reach the minimum bid. And they said, eh, which isn't the first time that Melania found out that something wasn't worth as much as she thought. Hey, oh, the former guy. Ha 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 ha. Cause yeah. he's not as rich as he says he is. He, he's, he's poor and he's garbage. Yep. Um, so, uh, so next we had, uh, AD and Bowen appearing as two trend forecasters. Um, and they're just predicting upcoming trends. Uh, what's out? What's what's shaking? What's not? What's exciting? What's new? Yeah, this one, uh, this one's pretty campy. Um, yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, very campy. It's, yeah, so and then I don't think we ever we ever really seen like an AD Bowen pairing. So this is a no, I don't think we have seen them matched up before. Uh, AD, AD seemed to be breaking a little bit during this. I think it was just maybe because she was just like right cheek to cheek with Bowen and he's cracking her up a little bit. Yeah, uh, exactly. So like they say things like, oh, what's in men's cleavage? What's out? Shiny shoes. And then they put their heads together and then really go in on shiny shoes about how they're horrible and they need to burn in hell. Uh, also on the way out, uh, movie posters as decor hey. and, uh, and baby trends, uh, like the way they dump in their pants and then say nothing. That's that's out. So sorry, all you babies out there. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the whole thing caps off with them talking about future trends and them saying what's on its way out are cat eyeglasses, uh, fidget spinners and Michael Che. And then it cuts to Michael Che. Wearing cat eye glasses with a fidget spinner. Yeah. Saying no. Everything I ever wanted to see and never knew it. Um, yeah. Dude, remember fidget spinners? What happened with those? Oh, uh, I think they just kind of died their natural death. I mean, they were trendy for a year or so. And then, yeah. Yeah. For a while, everybody had them. Like, they're like the new yo-yo. And now they're, they're, they're just like in a bottom of a ravine somewhere with pet rocks, I guess. Yeah, they're in they're in some junk drawer somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I think we got all we could out of the fidget spinners. Yes, and we got all we could out of this segment. <laughs> yes, oh, burn. Yeah, <laughs> take that, uh, Bowen and, and eighty. Um, by the way, this was written by eighty Brian Elson Gates Bowen Yang and Celeste Kim. So, um, and then we had a surprising guest uh, with with the Super Bowl coming up. We've got all these playoff games happening. Um, they had Peyton Manning coming in to talk about the NFL playoffs, and I was surprised. I was expecting a cast member to be playing Peyton Manning, but no, it was a real Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, I really when they said Peyton Manning, I really thought it was going to be, you know, Pete or somebody dressed as him. But it was like, yeah. it took me a minute. I was like, oh no, that's actually Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, Hall of Famer, two time Super Bowl champ. Peyton Manning, yeah, and honestly, I wasn't, I, I wasn't too excited because, I, again, I'm not a sports fan, particularly not a football fan, really. Um, and I, Peyton Manning, I find a little irritating just because I see his commercials and I find his voice very irritating. So I was like, oh, this is gonna suck. Um, but <laughs> he comes out and they they want him to 
talk about the latest playoff games. And he's like, oh, well, I heard the games were incredible. And it turns out he didn't watch any because he was like, oh, I had an hour to kill. So I just watched the premiere of Emily in Paris season two. And then he got so caught up in it. He marathons the entire season. And he just he only wants to talk about Emily in Paris season two. Uh, yeah, this is such a such a random thing, but yeah. So basically, like you said, they want to talk. They want him to talk about the playoff games. They want him to talk about uh, the rumors that Tom Brady is going to be retiring. Yeah, because uh, like I think that that was on the you know that's in the news now. It's all I, over the news, and it's it's so funny. It's because like they did a whole segment, and basically people just going like, "Yeah, we don't know." And I'm like, "Is this news? Is this really?" I mean, I if he's retiring, yes, absolutely, that is news. We don't know that he's retiring. Is that news? <laughs> I no, because like I remember seeing somewhere like like reputable sources saying that yeah he's yeah. going to retire. But then like not too long after, people were like saying online, oh he hasn't made up his mind yet. He doesn't know. So I was like, all right, well which which one is it? But either way, it is a big deal. People, I guess oh. that's yeah, that is a mark of how big Tom Brady is, because like even the fact that he might retire or that we don't know is worth a segment it, it was just so funny because i was watching the news the other night and they literally devoted like four or five minutes to this <laughs> and i was like yeah isn't this a story you could cover in like 30 seconds <laughs> like we thought he was retiring but now we don't know for sure yeah i mean a lot of people i know consider him one of like probably one of the greats like yeah. if you if you ask a lot of people like no he's one of the greatest football mm -hmm. players alive he's the goat and like people are like in love with tom brady they're like they can't get enough of him. So I understand like why people would be all uh, all up in arms and a big old hoopla. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I do get why it's a big deal. I, I was just surprised that where, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I've heard it said of like, you know, news experts. It's like no one gets paid to say, I don't know. And that, that was basically what this news <laughs> story amounted to when I was watching the evening news the other night. It was just like, it, it was basically several minutes of people just going like, yeah, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but, so, but I was, I was very pleasantly surprised by this Peyton Manning uh, segment. Uh, it, it was well acted. Uh, it, it was a f really funny pre premise. Uh, I liked it when he was like, you know, Oh, Emily in Paris offers so much. I mean, a fresh take on feminism. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was I was impressed with his acting in this. He really sold it. Um, yeah. And I love the, the payoff at the end where Colin just says, like, so you think season two is even better than season one? And then Peyton Manning just goes, there's a season one? <laughs> <laughs> I God help me, I laughed. I mean, it's, it's a dumb joke, but it, damn it, it worked. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing about Peyton Manning. He, uh, I mean, I like you said, like, I actually enjoyed this part, too, just because there was something different. Yeah. something new um it was an interesting take um it was done by somebody we hadn't seen on the show in a while i mean he hosted yeah. the show uh you know probably over 20 years ago at this point and uh, -huh. uh you forget that oh yeah peyton man he kind of has some comedy chops he's actually kind of funny he can, he can do things like that and he actually really sold it and it was, he kind of brought in like a breath of fresh air uh, with the show with this one i thought i, I, I i'm with you i thought i liked it i don't usually have high expectations whenever they have an athlete on the show because you know they're athletes not actors yeah, so yeah. expect them to nail a joke but i gotta say peyton manning he freaking nailed this bit it was it was one of the highlights of the show for me which really surprised me i would i would 100 percent agree this was uh this was a fun one like this like when he was coming on and talking about you know emily in paris saying how 
it has a culinary tapestry so rich I can only describe it as food porn. Yeah, and, he, was, and he sold it. He's talking about Emily's ex boyfriends, and it's it's up on the screen like he's he's uh, illustrating a play. Um, it, it was really clever, and yeah, I liked it. Uh, it was it was a nice unexpected way to go, and it really came off well. Absolutely, thumbs up, thumbs up. So that was that was update. Um, decent update. Um, I think without the Peyton Manning thing, it wouldn't necessarily be anything to write home about. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the jokes. I mean, the rest of the jokes throughout the sh- that segment were okay. The uh, influencers thing was it was all right. It felt like it went on a little too long. Yeah, you it know. didn't really send me. Uh, it, I mean, that was that was one where they sold it more with the energy than with the material. Um, yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Peyton Manning thing was something where the material was good, and he's Peyton really sold it. So like, it it ended strong. Yeah. You know, at one point they talked about that new McDonald's sandwich, the land, air, sea thing that has fish, beef, and chicken all together. Yeah, that's a real thing. That is a real thing. I've seen that advertised. Um, Good gravy. What do you think of that? Is, that? is that a thing we should be like, oh, cool, I want to try that? Or is it like, okay, humanity is done? Yeah, that just sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen. I don't want that. It does, yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, and yet I feel myself perversely drawn to it. I, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that off mic, but yeah, okay. I, I do as well. But like, I it's something I know I shouldn't want, but part of me kind of is interested. It's like how I found it, and they're making aren't they making like a um like an alcoholic Mountain Dew? I remember seeing yeah, it somewhere. They, they reported on that too. Yeah, they said that's going to be your third DUI. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a. Uh, because it's it's like uh, the white claw. That's like the, the the trendy energy drink thing. So it's like a mountain. It's a, like a Mountain Dew energy drink, but it's alcoholic. Apparently, Jesus yeah. Christ! It might be something to try once, like in the privacy of your own home. I wouldn't want to be out and about and trying <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, You're just just drinking it at home with the shades drawn. Right. Yeah. No. Well, during my next binge drinking episode. Right. Okay. Um, so no. Yeah. Just in your in your apartment. Uh, you know, phone off the hook just so no one can hear or see your shame. Right. And speaking of being alone at home. Uh, hey. <laughs> uh, Beauty and the Beast, The Mirror, written by uh, Dambula, Jake Nordwin, and Ben Silva. Uh, this had uh, Pete as the Beast from the Walt Disney version of Beauty and the Beast. Chloe as Belle, the Beauty. And she wants to see her father again because, you know, Beast has kidnapped her and we were seeing Stockholm Syndrome set in. Uh, <laughs> and, and Beast is like, hey, you can use my magic mirror to look in on your dad and see what he's doing. And so she looks in and Willem Dafoe is playing her father and he's like, Belle, Belle, are you home? Oh, no, she's not home. I'm all alone. And then he it, it becomes apparent very quickly that he's like starting his masturbation ritual. Yeah. Very, it's very like as soon as I saw the 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 premise of the sketch, I was like, like you know, it was um, it was when Bell was looking in the mirror and he was home alone. I was like, ah, okay, he's gonna stroke off. Okay, yeah, we're. I mean, well, you know, anytime they do a Disney thing, we are of course are gonna steer it into some dark and twisted territory. So yeah, what better way to do that than uh, like like every time, every time they do a Disney thing, it's like, all right, it's gonna get into some twisted uh, sex shit. We're gonna we're gonna see some sick shit now. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, and I'm fine with that, but it's like I don't know. Every time I, that, 
I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It, it seems like it just happens every time. Like the last time they did this Beauty and the Beast sketch where it was uh, Beck Bennett as the, as the Beast and he like had sex with a teacup or something and he had like a, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or uh, the Kardashian well, episode. Did that Annie uh, thing where, you know, we find out Daddy Warbucks is in a club that's eating people. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's an easy way to go with it, and uh, hey, it works. I'm not, I'm not going to say it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, so Bell's dad is like lighting candles. He's turning photos down. He leaves one up. He's like, "You watch me." <laughs> yeah, it's a picture of a horse. Yeah. Um, like, what are you into, man? We had well, hey, I, let's not kink shame. I, let's, you know, I let's not kink shame these cartoon characters. <laughs> I apologize. You're right you know hey you're you're into what you into the heart wants what the heart wants and and so does the genitalia uh, <laughs> that's beautiful man is that that from a greeting card <laughs> that's for my new greeting card company <laughs> that's gold jerry gold <laughs> i mean again this is this is impressive from a technical standpoint just with all the costuming that they do i mean the, the beauty and the beast outfits are they're pretty much nailing it. We had Mikey show up as the candle. Uh, I think it was called Lumiere. Is that right? Yes, Lumiere. Lumiere. Uh, Keenan as the clock. Punky as the teapot, who, who at one point just goes, oh, he's nasty. He nasty. <laughs> Again, Punky's showing up. Punky's showing up. Uh, and Kyle showing up as Chip, who, do, who all the innuendo is going right over his head. He doesn't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, in this sketch, it's basically, it seems like uh, Willem is actually doing most of the heavy lifting in this sketch, because, like, he's by himself, and it's up, kind of up to him to sort of go over the top to, you know, kind of dance like no one's watching, if you will. Yeah. Uh, at and one point. Like no one's watching. And Yeah, at, at one point, he. Ex- all sorts of things like no one's watching. <laughs> oh, indeed. Indeed. Uh, at one point, we see him spanking himself with a writing crop. Yeah. Uh, I think he's talking to a picture of his uh, his deceased wife. And he said, yeah. I wish you were here to, you know, be with me and step on my groin. Again, <laughs> another, another groin dick thing. Uh, this was, yeah, this was a very genitalia-oriented episode of SNL. <laughs> I didn't really realize it until we started going into it sketch by sketch. But, oh, my goodness. This, this, this was graphic. <laughs> this, one's for, this one's for the penises. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, so uh, th- this was all right. I think it maybe ended a little weak. Uh, you know, you, you want the big masturbation sketch to have a bigger finish. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, but yeah, like I think it, it ends with Pete saying, trying to sing the song Tale as Old as Time. Yeah. But then he says, oh, that's the like, song I would sing if we had the rights to it. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of right. And Chloe um, finally. Yeah, like I mean, this guy that thought. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, no. I was, I was gonna say you can finish. Go ahead. Well, she finally tumbles to what's going on. She breaks her magic mirror, and it's like, oh, hey, don't worry, I've got like thirty of them. So yeah, we can we can watch him go to town on himself <laughs> even more. We can be the voyeurs that we we want to be. Right. And again, I'm not going to kink shame these cartoon characters. 
You know what? I you know what? You're right. I apologize. If you want to spank yourself with a writing crop and get stuff on your own, have your crotch stepped on, you go for it, my friend. You do you. As long as you're not hurting anybody and it's all consensual, which with masturbation, I'm assuming it is. Um, I mean, I don't know, Louis C.K. would say otherwise, but yeah. Well, yeah. That well, that's yeah. That's bringing another party into it, and yeah, that's. Uh, I'm I'm assuming with a traditional masturbation where it's just ah. you, know, the, you're just. Mm. Doing the one-player option. Right. Original uh, recipe. Exactly. You know, OG masturbation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I thought the sketch was okay. It's like you said, it kind of ended, it kind of fizzled out. And out of the yeah. fact that I could, or was able to sort of predict it was like, all right, I guess this is what they're doing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> did you predict every turn in it? Because that's... Unusually I, oh, specific. I, maybe not the writing crop. I mean, I knew it was going to go in the way. It's like, all right, he's Willem Dafoe's Home Alone, and he's going to, you know, uh, find. He's going to do know, something weird because what you know, yeah. what else is going to happen with Willem Dafoe? Right. Home Alone? Dabble in the ways of self love. So yeah. uh, I was like, all right, this is where they're going. But I mean, I don't know. Willem Dafoe again, game for it. He he dives head into this. God bless. He, yeah, yeah. He he holds <laughs> he nothing was- back. Yeah, he he went all in. Uh, oh, indeed. All right. Uh, next, we had a pre-tape from our friends uh, with "Please Don't Destroy," and I'm hiccuping. Excuse me for that. Um, it's called Martin's Friend. Uh, this, of course, written by the "Please Don't Destroy" guys: Martin Harley, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. And uh, in this, uh, Martin's got a new friend, uh, Connor, who's ten years old. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he's hanging out with a 10-year-old kid, and, um, you know, the, the 10-year-old kid Connor is, like, at one point he's practicing his violin, mm-hmm. uh, and then another point he wants to pitch Colin some jokes. Yep. He has a joke about, what do you call a white bitch with dreadlocks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, no, that's going nowhere good. Um, yeah. And they're asking Martin, uh, hey, how did, how did you even meet Connor? And he's like, oh, well, we're on the same soccer team. As if that explains it. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I like this. I, I enjoyed seeing Please Don't Destroy on the actual show again. We've we've seen a few cut-for-time sketches, but but it's been a while since they've been in the show proper. So I, I miss them. It was nice to have them back. Yeah, I mean, they always add, like, a burst of energy to the show. Like, their sketches are very quick, rapid-fire type of things where, like, they'll talk about, you know, like I said, like, the, at first, I've, in the beginning, it's... um. Connor playing the violin and then telling offensive jokes, wanting to pitch him to Colin Jost. And it's like them talking about playing soccer. And then it goes into uh, Martin wanting to, you know, order some food for them. And he gets, uh, he gets himself some noodles with butter and he gets Connor uh, a porterhouse steak. And like yeah. it kind of goes all over the place. It's very rapid fire, very quick paced. Yeah, but it's so fast. Uh, again, I mean, it just, yeah, you just let it wash over you. I like that John is really offended at Connor. And so he decides to eat Connor's steak in retaliation and he chokes. And then Connor performs the Heimlich maneuver on John. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, they, they play the song hero during that by Nickelback, which I remembered when I was rewatching the sketch, that's on the soundtrack of the first Spider-Man movie, which also starred Willem Dafoe. It all comes together. It's all, it all comes together. And all those movie did, all those people did a movie with Kevin Bacon. That's right. <laughs> Wait, did they? Uh, probably. I don't know. I don't want to look it up. All right. Willem Dafoe. What movie was he in with Kevin Bacon? Like, I feel like there's one. 
I feel like there's got to be, but we can we can six degrees this. I mean, do we want to though? No, we don't. Okay, well, let's just move on. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm well, still I'm still trying in. to think of yeah yeah. Write in, let us know how it goes. Yeah, write write in, and let us know uh, how you connect uh, Willem Dafoe with uh, Kevin Bacon, and yeah. we'll probably not acknowledge it. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm still working on. Yeah, I'm still working on my New York song. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we've only got another sketch or two for you to come up with that. So, yeah, get to work, buddy. Um, and then uh, the kicker at the very end, we have Colin Joe's come in. And, and he liked Connor's update jokes because Colin's a racist, apparently. <laughs> Michael Che has been trying to tell us that for years. He's tried to warn us. We just didn't want to listen. Um, didn't want to listen. And now here we are. Yeah. But, uh, hey, this was cute. Um, so, yeah. So, um, next we had a, another segment of uh, Good Morning Columbus with uh, uh, Bowen and Ego as the newscaster host. Mikey is the guy in the field. He's interviewing an author played by Mr. Defoe, Dr. Benjamin Bloom. And uh, in Bowen's intro, he has a few too many Bs, and so he accidentally says the the name of Dr. Bloom's book, Knowing Yourself as Blowing Yourself, which <laughs> just gives a excellent uh, mix-up quality to everything that they do and say after. It's like everything is, is related to oral sex. Get it? Again, penis, penis, penis. We got so many penis jokes in Penis, penis. <sighs> Woo! Penis, 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 all day long. That sketch was written by Conan O'Brien, by the way. But this sketch was written by Streeter Seidel and Will Steven. So, yeah, so it's, you know, Dr. Bloomy is talking about how you have to dig down deep and, you know, just get deep and do the work and... And then Heidi comes on and asks his wife, and she's like, well, it's harder for me to get there because women are more complex. They have more nooks and crannies to explore, which (laughs) it means something different when you're thinking it's about uh, masturbation and going to town on yourself. Hey-oh. And uh, my surprises. Yeah. Yeah, and then again to yoga positions, and then the yoga positions are them. Like It looks like they're trying to... uh you know, blow themselves and perform uh, oral pleasures on themselves. That's it. Mouth it's, sex. It's okay to suck. It's how we learn. So. Hey. And, so- and, and, and at one point, Will reaches over and puts his hand on Mikey's head, which that was really over the top. Hey, now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I kind of wondered since this was a recurring sketch, because they've done this more or less. Uh, a few times before um, I remember like there was at least one version with Scarlett Johansson. Um, and <laughs> I was wondering why it was so late since it was a recurring sketch. And I was thinking like, Oh, is this too suggestive? But like looking back at the sketches that we previously covered, uh, no, it's not more suggestive than anything else they've done. Um, yeah, John, this is like our ninth sketch, you know, centered around penises. Like it's it not like- this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so many penises. I do want to give a little uh, shout out to uh, Andrew Dismukes, uh, who, like, when Bowen and Ego are panicking, they try to cut over to the sportscaster who's played by Andrew. And 
they're like, hey, you want to give us your Super Bowl predictions? And and, and Dispukes just goes, no, let's let's let this play out. Um, <laughs> I really like that. That was a quick thing, but really funny. Yeah, he's good at like kind of delivering those you know quick one liners. Like he's yep. Mix is good. Uh, Dispukes is really growing on me. I'm I'm liking him a lot. Mm-hmm. He's he's really coming into his own. Yeah, he's a solid performer. Mm-hmm. Um, any anything else to say about this sketch? I mean, I think you you think performing like a sketch like this would be hard, but you know it it was it was solid. It stayed up there all the time, and you know they went to town on it. Yeah, it was really uh, erection. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just come out and say it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought the sketch was okay. I mean, like it's something we've seen before. I think they did it at the um. Something like this during the Chris Pine episode, and it's yeah. like, all right, you 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 misheard what the person said, and it's now everything's coming out all they, misconstrued. They still generally work for me. I mean, they've done this maybe uh, three, four times, but they work for me every time, and they're clever with it. So, yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I I don't feel like they've driven it into the ground yet. Yeah, that's true. It's 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 been long enough that. It doesn't feel like, uh, oh, I've seen this before. Even though I have seen it before. But yeah, it's, I thought it was all right. I thought it was okay. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I just remembered another one that they did. They had the Invest Brothers, and they were introduced as the Incest Brothers. Yeah, I think that was the Chris Pine one, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah, that, that, that was a standout, as I recall. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember another one with the... Uh, Scarlett Johansson, and she was interviewing a zoo photographer, I think. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. I'll, uh... Like he... I don't remember what the exact pun was, but it was... Like, the way they mangled the title, it made it sound like he was sleeping with the animals, and of course he wasn't. He was just Oh, shooting. dear. So. Oh, dear. So. All right, that's all I vaguely remember about when they've done this sketch. <laughs> So, should we move on to the next sketch? Yeah, yeah. Final sketch of the night, 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was called Office Song, with uh, written by Allison Gates and Kent Sublet. I was actually kind of surprised that they put this sketch in, just because, like, when it came on, for some reason, I, th- I was looking at the time, and like, I thought the, um, the Good Morning Columbus sketch would be the last one, because it looked yeah. like it was getting so close to 1 o'clock. You're like, there's and, no way they can squeeze in one more sketch. And SNL's like, ha, that shows what you know, Jared yeah. Patterson. <laughs> we can do one more sketch, and and it's only going to span, of like, mm, let's say three minutes time? Three three minutes, 44 seconds? Yeah, it's like a little over three. Yeah. But I, I was surprised that they uh, put this. I, I, part of me felt like this was kind of like a last-minute thing, just because in the sketch, we see, like, uh, Willem kind of flubbed his lines a little bit. So mm-hmm. maybe part of me thinks, well, did they just throw this in and he just got like only a few minutes to learn his lines or I could well, be wrong. I mean, they got they got cue cards. So, yeah, maybe he just. Uh, yeah, I think he misread something at one point. Um, OK, but it, wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It didn't derail anything. Yeah, that's true. I could be Cut wrong. the man some slack. He he performed oral sex on himself in the last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Valid. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> So we got a bunch of people in an office. They're they're all working late through the night, and then they start uh, sort of one starts tap their pencil, and then they all start joining in, doing a musical thing, kind of like uh, kind of like stump, I guess. Yeah, it was one of those things where they're spending a 
they're doing they're, they're putting an all-nighter at their job uh looking through some files for some case and then um i think one of them starts like kind of hitting you know absentmindedly hitting his pencil against the desks and that sinks into rhythm with the ticking clock and then somebody else plays a little music on the glass of water sort of as like hey that's music and then they all start yeah uh, doing her stapler at the opportune moments and uh heidi starts scatting basically and and then uh i think kyle starts singing the lion sleeps tonight yes as you do when you're pulling an (laughs) all-nighter as you do and uh willem uh is playing their intern uh jeremiah who decides to just throw a chair through the window? And yeah, like, cause, yeah, right. Because like I think Jeremiah, he's like he's been he's he's retired and he was out of the workforce, but now he wants to get back in as a temp. So like that's his way of fitting in, saying, "Oh, everybody else is making music with all you know the stuff around the office. I'll join in too by throwing a chair out the window." Right, and it it, it breaks the glass, and then winds coming in, and everyone's like, "What the hell did you do that for?" And he says. I thought it would bounce off the window and make a cool sound. And there's that. So you thought you'd do that like every eight bars? And he's like, well, if it made a cool enough sound, <laughs> he just, the poor guy just wants to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Keenan coming in as the boss saying, like, who the hell threw a chair up through the window? It landed on my car. And yeah. it was a big old to do. And then he, against his better judgment, he doesn't fire anybody. And then they cut to the next day. And, and uh, uh, Jeremiah, they're trying to train Jeremiah on how to do this, how to join in properly. And he, like, throws a stapler at Heidi, and she falls out the open window to her death. The end. Right. Actually, no, I think they said that like she caught on to the ledge. And I liked it at one point because, like, when she falls out the window, yeah. I, I, you see her legs kind of a little bit in the window. Like, you see she's Either definitely... Way. Yeah, but... but... They, when they cut to the long shot, you see the body fall out the window. So she dead. Right. No, actually, I don't think that was her. I think that was another chair because I think uh, Willem's character, uh, Jeremiah, said, oh, she's out on the ledge. I'll throw a chair out the window so she can catch it. I thought the implication was that the chair knocked her out and then she fell to her death. I think, I no, I think she was holding on to the side of the building, and, and it was just that Jeremiah threw another chair out the window. Okay, well, let's see. Oh, dear. Well, I'm, I'm trying to look at the sketch, um, and, of course, I have to wait for the ad to play. Oh, dear. I just, I'm, yeah, I just I just want to see which it was now. So. All right, no worries, man. Give me but, a uh, sec. I got it muted. Um, let's see. Okay. They're all panicking. Uh, we're gonna to get to the bottom of this. We are. We are. We gotta gotta figure. Okay, come on, come on. Okay, he, he grabs the other chair. Yeah, I think it's a chair. Hmm. Gonna crack this case wide open. What's what's going on here? It's so small. I back and to the left. Yeah, really. It's such a quick shot. All right. Yeah, it is a chair. Aha. Yeah, it looks like it's a chair. Case dismissed. Okay. I, was, I was just hoping that she did actually fall to her death, because I think that's funnier. But <laughs> That's uh, that's comedy to you? All right. That's comedy, yeah. Whenever whenever uh, Heidi uh, kills. Heidi in particular, yeah. <laughs> the funniest one to die. Oh, uh, wow, wow. 
nothing against Heidi. I like I love Heidi. She's great. Um, but I like this sketch. I thought it was bizarre and but uh, goofy fun. Yeah, me too. I, I thought this sketch was pretty good. I thought uh, it definitely had the big, strong 10 to 1 energy. I liked the fact that I couldn't kind of really predict which way it was going. Nope. Um, I don't know. Part of me kind of wishes they put this up earlier in the show. But it's it is one of those sketches where it's yeah, like it's, like you said, it was big ten to one energy. That's that's when you want the weird stuff, and so I think this was perfectly placed. Uh, yeah, but I, I I dug it. All right, so uh, that was the show. What what did you think of the show overall? Uh, overall, I thought it was okay. Um, you know, there's some sketches I, I mean, again, the cold open was probably know, probably the weakest thing of the night. Yeah, um, I'd agree. you know, I. I would have said maybe Beauty and the Beast if it wasn't for Willem Dafoe's performance. Um, but I mean, yeah, everything. Beast wasn't one of my favorites, uh, but yeah, he, he went for broke in that one. Yeah, absolutely. But everything else I thought was okay. It was mm-hmm. just like okay enough to be like, all right, all right, that's not too shabby. All right. Tentative thumbs up. That's <laughs> Patterson. And what about you? What are, what are your overall thoughts on it? Um, I. I'm much the same. I think, um, like I said, Nugenics was my favorite of the night. I also found stuff to like in in Dog Show. Um, I feel like the cold open and the monologue both could have been stronger. Weekend Update, they've done better. Um, And it was really nice to see Please Don't Destroy back. No, absolutely. uh, I may give an MVP to Peyton Manning because he just really surprised me with that Weekend Update segment. Yeah, he really kind of... It came in with like a came in like a wrecking ball to quote uh, Miley Cyrus. I really, I re- like once he came on and did what he did. It was like, oh, this is this is like kind of fresh and new, or it's new to me. Yeah. It's like I really, I don't know, I really dug it. That's yeah, that's probably the strongest part of the night. I think I'd say. Yeah, yeah, that that was up there. All right, and uh, they also announced uh, who is going to be hosting SNL when they return. They're they're off for most of February because of the Olympics, uh, but. <laughs> We th- we've got kind of an exciting host of musical guests when they return on February twenty sixth. That's right, Mr. John Mulaney. <laughs> That's right. I'm doing it for a fifth time. That's right. As you do. As you do. So yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be talking like nineteen forties newsboys in That's about right. a month's time, which I'm looking forward to. That's right. Uh, it's yeah. always a good time when Mr. John Mulaney hosts Saturday Night Live. And yeah. he's he's certainly had an eventful year. Um, yeah, I really want his like his monologue to be like a Chappelle level or a Chappelle length fifteen minute lo- monologue because he has. I mean, all right. Aside from the fact that this is going to be his fifth time hosting, he's going to be a five timers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like you said, a lot has happened between the yeah. last time he hosted and now. He, so, uh, he has he has divorced his wife. Wait, wait, he's gone into rehab. He's divorced his wife. He's started dating olivia munn he's had a baby with olivia munn i mean any one of those things is a lot for one year to do go through all four of those things in a year's time oh my god (laughs) and he's going out on tour he's touring right now that's right yeah that's uh that's probably what he's promoting yeah (laughs) so like i I I mean, well, he, he has no shortage of things to talk about. Yeah, dude. If he like, if he has a, if he goes up on his monologue and does, you know, does a set and he talks about anything else other than what's happened to him throughout the year, I'll be, I'd be like, dude, what are you talking about? What what's yeah. what is this? I mean, he did he did talk about a lot of this when he was on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers a few months back. 
Uh, that was like late in the year, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, he just kind of laid it all out. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, it was something else. I mean, they actually staged an intervention for him, um, which Seth and other people like, like Fred Armisen were a part of. Um, I'm sure a lot of SNL people were there. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe Pete um, was yeah, there. Go, go, go check that there. out on YouTube if you haven't uh, seen that, folks. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, February 26th, we're getting Mr. John Mulaney for the fifth time. This should be an interesting one. I think a lot of people are looking forward to it. Uh, they're going to look forward to what he has to say about what happened to him last year. They're looking forward to him being inducted into the five timers looking forward to uh, whatever lobster diner esque sketch he has cooked up. I mean, we, yeah, that's the, one of the expectations at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, if he doesn't do it, I I think I'd be actually okay with it. Cause like it's, it's now become like a thing where, Oh, he's hosting. So he has to have some big musical performance on. Well, I think that's kind of the fun of it though. So I would, I think I would be a little disappointed if we don't get another lobster diner type sketch, you know, and he's, he's there. Colin Joseph's there, you know, write up another one. (laughs) Chop, chop, get to it. Come on. Chop, chop. Amuse me, boy. Amuse me. Yes. Dance for me. (laughs) And uh, yeah, on that episode, musical guest, uh, LCD sound system. Uh, Mm. Second time on the show. Okay. When have they been on before? When when did they do that before? I do not. Uh, know. Uh, when Chris Pine hosted back in a uh, oh, Chris Pine show. Oh God! Why don't you just marry the Chris Pine show? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I will. Okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll go watch the Chris Pine show again. Ooh. Got another Good Morning Columbus. It's got LCD sound system. I remember they did a Star Trek sketch with Spocko. You, you have a crush on the Chris Pine episode. You want to no. be his boyfriend. Well, who doesn't have a crush on Chris Pine? He's a beautiful yeah. He is. And uh, I've also noticed this, too, that whenever, like it's happened recently, like whenever John Mulaney hosts, I always have the musical guest who's like kind of... Um, connected to new york city in some ways it's always like a very new york centric episode whenever he hosts uh, like, i can't i can't say i noticed that with the musical guest but all right i like the third time he hosted uh musical guest was david byrne okay after, after that, that. It, after that it was the strokes yes loved that and now it's and lcd he, south he got, a, he got a jacket from fabrizio he got he got the coolest jacket from fabrizio he did, he did. yes that's one of those jackets like only a few people can like really pull off. Yes. And and the last time he owes it was right before he fell off the wagon. Yes, uh, that yeah, yes, that happened too. <laughs> is, is what he said on Seth Myers. Um <laughs> again, so just a hell of a year. <laughs> he he's gotta he's gotta talk about it. He's got to. I mean, hell, if the show is just an hour and a half of John Mulaney talking about his year. I would be fine with that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Long form. That's that's what I want. He could just like talk for 40 minutes and then he's then he says, oh, by the way, here's LCD sound system. They play a song. Then we go back to John Mulaney talking about his year <laughs> for another 20 minutes. Then the LCD sound system plays a second song and then good nights. I would be fine with that. That's a good show. If the entire episode is a one man show by, written by and starring John Mulaney. Right. That's. 
I mean, my chef's kiss. That's all. That that would be fantastic. That's all I need. That's all I need. You don't even need to give me a diner lobster for if you're doing that. Absolutely. So, but I mean, hey, we're looking forward to it. But I mean, in the meantime, we we've got a month's worth of SNL nerd shows to do. What are we going to do? Are we going to go on hiatus like wusses? No. No. Ah, we're gonna. Because we're not wusses. No. Ah, we are men. We're men. We are we're, Devo. We, we, yeah. Are we not men? We are Devo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, since the Olympics are starting up, we thought it might be fun to do a little movie called The Bronze. Uh, this uh, stars, um, oh gosh, and I'm blanking on her name. Uh, uh, actress, Big Bang Theory. Melissa uh, Rauch. Melissa Rauch, yes. Uh, who plays a uh, disgruntled uh, Olympic figure skater. I think she was a figure. No, no, she was like a gymnast. Right, I, right. And uh, Cicely Strong is in it, and that's that's the SNL connection. We're like, hey, that's good enough for us. Let's let's do it. Yes, uh, has Melissa Rauch, Gary Cole, mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Middleditch from what was he? Oh, uh, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Buchanan Barnes himself, Mr. Sebastian Stan's in it. Yep. Cecily Strong, Craig Kilborn. What? Hmm. Okay. Dominique Dawes. This is wow. All right. Here we go. Interesting cast, right? Damn straight. Yeah, so I know it's... I, I have not seen the movie, but I've, I've watched the trailer for it, and uh, Melissa Rauch uh, wrote it, and she stars in the uh, as the title character, or as the main character, and she goes back to her hometown, and yeah, I think she's kind of disappointed that people aren't waiting on her hand and foot. Right. Wackiness so. ensues. Wackiness ensues, and I'm not even sure what uh, Cecily Strong plays. Uh, she's a coach or something, maybe. I have no idea, but let's we'll, we'll find out together, and we'll, we'll discover it together. That's right, exploration. We'll we'll make the discovery together. It's part of the and, journey, and we're we're inviting you to go on this journey with us. The SNL. So right. So uh, next episode, the bronze. The bronze. I'm looking forward to it because it, it, it looked funny. Yeah, yeah, it looked all right. So we'll we'll give her a look see. Give it a look see. And uh yeah, so uh we also got some tweets about this episode, the William Defoe uh Katy Perry episode. Shall we shall we read them? Let's hear it. Lay it on me, baby. All right. Uh Nick Store, good good friend of the show, says I'm pretty online I'm reading online that people seem pretty meh on this episode. I liked it. I'd put it in my top three of the season. Ooh. I I really like the dog sketch. The whole show seemed to have a good energy. Ooh, I don't know if I would put it in my top three. Um, yeah, I mean, right now I would say my top three of this season would probably be uh, Rami Malek, Sudeikis, and maybe uh, Kieran Culkin. I don't know, but but uh, yeah, I mean, this is your top three. I mean, you know, I I'd have you. to think about it. I I know that uh, Sudeikis would be in my top three. Uh, the others, I don't know. I'd have to look, you know, cause my, you know, my brain resets after we do these shows. I, I'm a forgettable sort. So, um, let's see from you. the okay. point of view, uh, our friend Mikey with two E's says, this was a rough one. Cold open was weak. Felt like it had some last minute rewrites. Uh, monologue was okay. And I thought weekend update was good. Not great. Eugenics ad sketch made me laugh, and so did the Please Don't Destroy pre-tape. rest of it was pretty forgettable, especially a dog sketch without Cecily. This is what I'm saying, Mikey. 
This is what I'm saying. We've trained you people well. <laughs> a dog sketch without Cecily is like peanut butter without the jelly. I mean, what's the point? It, it's like a day without sunshine is, is what it is, you know? Damn straight. I mean, yeah, what, what, is, what the hell is even the point if we're doing a dog sketch without Cecily there? You know, Darn she's off to the Broadway show. You hold that damn dog sketch, damn it. <laughs> hold! Um, and let's see. Our friend uh, Manette Moratti says, uh, the one thing that took me out of the Manning Weekend Update segment is that for the past three months, I've been inundated with sports betting apps featuring him and his family. Yes, uh, we've had a real uptick of those here in the New York area. And I, I guess it's because... Sports betting is legalized in New York and, and the Super Bowl is coming up. But, man, there have been a lot of sports betting app ads. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's happened. DraftKings Draft has arrived yeah. <laughs> here on the East Coast. You know, and I, I have no idea why, why Patton Oswalt and J.B. Smooth are pushing them so hard. I don't know why they need to do those ads. Um I'm like, aren't you earning good money without those? But uh, I don't get it. Um, so uh, she says, having to endure those commercials made my initial reaction to him coming on be uncaring. But ultimately, he won me over. Oh, well, uh, that was a journey. Well, okay. thank you for sharing that, M- M- Manette. Uh, that was I had much the same uh, reaction. Uh, same uh, here. Same here. Absolutely. And. uh Lastly, Bill Brasky says, judging by the uh, GIF usage, I'm guessing what your opinion of this episode is going to be. And uh, this is because Darren ha- found a, a lovely GIF of uh, Willem Dafoe saying it's okay to suck. Yeah, I just, yeah, like, I mean, whenever I try to choose the GIF for uh-huh. the, uh, you know, for the show, I always kind of try to find something that's just like, strikes me as funny, you know, tickles my funny bone or just like yeah. is visually you know, chuckle worthy. And yeah. um, so that's why I went through it. Like, so, or, or some, there will be a few times where if I can, if I have a good idea that you'll also not like the episode, then I'll put in something right. like it's okay uh-huh. to suck or something like that. But uh, for the most part, I just no real rhyme or reason as to why. I Aaron, you, you have my permission going forward to always like put your opinion out there in gift form directly after the show. If you right. find something from the show that fits I'm just always impressed that there are gifts of the show that quickly that by the time the show ends at 1 a.m. on the gift uh, on the East Coast, there are already gifts from it. Yeah. Like, I, well, I always go on a Giphy.com and uh-huh. like I, from what I've seen, they, they put out gifts as the show is on. That's so it's amazing. one of the it's one of the things where the show is on and it's, it's airing literally like five minutes after a sketch. Uh, has aired you'll see gifts for it that that is something else wow way to go i mean we live in an age of wonders yes truly. the future is now truly indeed i mean you know we don't uh we, we still uh have a deadly virus out there and all that jazz but we can get gifts at the ready so i mean we're doing all right priorities, priorities people <laughs> so Oh, what a what a world! Yeah. So anyway, um, so so that's it. That's that's our show for this week. Um, you know, in the meantime, before we return next week with the bronze, you can follow us over on the twitters at uh, SNL Nerds Show, and uh, yeah, 
Yeah. And as always, you can follow us on our uh, Patreon at, SN- at non-productive.com slash SNL nerds. Donate some money to us. Throw us a few bones. Leave us a review for, for the love of Pete. What? Well, I mean, that don't cost you nothing. We haven't had one of those in a while. And if you leave us a nice review, we might read it on the show. Yeah, we'll shout you out. Don't you want that? Don't you want your name up in lights? And um, yeah. by, li- by lights, I mean us saying it. Right. You can have that. That's kind of like lights, right? Kind of. Kind of. I mean, except not at all. Um, All right. You can also, if you want to, follow our individual Twitter and Instagram accounts. Like, for instance, me, I'm just using this as an example. I'm at Trumbull Comic. Uh, That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. Give me a follow. And I'm at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. Twitter and Instagram. Come on, man. I do it all. Those are just like two, three examples of things you can do to support the show. Um, You know, follow us on the social media, donate to our Patreon, and uh, leave us a review. Rate and review us. So that's all. Or, you know, you could even do all three. I'm not the boss of you. Yeah, we don't want to tell you what to do, but do any or all of those things. Yes, that's all we're saying. Yes. All right, so we will be back uh, next week with the bronze. Uh, oh. Do we have anything else? Uh, yeah. Favorite yeah. New York song? The Only Living Boy in New York by Simon and Garfunkel. Boom. Damn it. I was, I was going to give you a drum roll. Damn it. Sorry. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. But still, it's a good song. And that is a good song. That's a good choice. I like it. I Yay. like it. That, that was worth the wait. <laughs> Another Simon and Garfunkel song I like? Cecilia. Highly underrated. Highly underrated song. Although I will say, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stand. It was wrong of Cecilia to start making love to another dude when the first guy just got up to wash his face. Yes, that, se- that seems like a little premature. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I I mean, my lord, Cecilia. I know. Well, I mean, I, I thought I meant maybe something leave to you. the apartment first. Yeah, just. You know? Until he cries his face. Jubilation. Uh, yeah. All right, so we'll be back next week with the bronze. But until then... Nerds out! Yeah! We went like Wolfman Jack or David Lee Roth with that. I don't... That was... Yeah. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.